This is Agents Influence Podcast. So I think there's two really super important parts to the story here. And the first off is that you need to kind of define what success is to you, not let your job define what your success is. And then the second thing is is that the skill sets that I learned in one industry, it, it was fine, it was cool, but it became so much more when I took that same skill sets and I applied it to a different industry or a different market. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, 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 Jason Cass back with Agents Influence Podcast. One of the first kind of podcasts that we're doing for 2017, and I'm excited. You've heard the previous podcast about where uh, what we did in 2016, what our future is in 2017. We've got some exciting series that are going to be going on throughout 2017. But to start off the year, I've kind of given us a mixed bag, as I talked about before. Um, I'm just kind of bringing in some people in the month of January just to really get your your engines revving and get your blood pumping and I want you guys to kind of get some different aspects because sometimes people say to me Jason why did you maybe bring this person on or what what did that person have to do with the insurance industry the point is is we're trying to get better as business owners we're trying to get um, better as entrepreneurs we're trying to get better as a family people as as people who are trying to raise their family who are trying to assist our clients who are trying to be better in the community and all that stuff is going to make us a better insurance agent slash agency owner or insurance executive whoever you may be here of the loyal listeners but as someone like today I'm going to bring on which you would think is outside the insurance industry which he is but in a way he's kind of inside of it because he personally helped me on a on a uh, job and a task that we did together which is really awesome but in the meantime I've really kind of followed Dave around and and I follow him on Facebook and and I just got to tell you he's he's a different type of guy you're gonna see that and hear that I should say over the next 20 30 40 minutes but uh, He's got a story, and I think it's a story that's very familiar to all of us. Uh, it's familiar in a deep sense, but probably at the level, you're going to find out that this guy is, is is very unique in what he's done. So I'm just going to stop talking, and I'm just going to introduce to you um, Dave Chesson. He is with Kindle Panure. Yes, I did say that right, Kendall Panure. Uh, you can find him at if you're watching, actually, um, sitting in a in a in a doctor's appointment or you're sitting at your desk or wherever it could be listening on iTunes. If you have the opportunity, check out www.kindle, K-I-N-D-L-E, Preneur, which is P-R-E-N-E-U-R.com. You got to check it out. A great picture of there and his, him and his son, and we're going to talk about that. Dave, uh, thank you for taking your time. I know you're a busy guy. Welcome to Agents Influence Podcast, man. Hey, thank you so much, Jason. It's really good to be here. It is. And, and Dave, um, really, I think you and I know that like we kind of went into this to like, let's just talk about helping people and let's try to help talk about helping people see things maybe they don't see in their own lives and in their business life and just how to be successful overall. Um, so I think this is going to be fun because I know you, you know me, but we really don't have any plan for what we're going to talk to. Am I right about that, Dave? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's right. And that's usually the best conversation. So, um, Dave, let's start out this way, which I always like to do. Are you an iPhone or a Droid user? I'm an iPhone user. I actually used to work for Apple back in the day. You, you did? Oh. oh, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I uh, learned some of the best sales tactics ever working the floor at one of the uh, Apple stores. I, they wouldn't even let me talk to a customer until I had had one month of training. And to this day, I think a lot of that carries with everything I do. Really? So if you work at an Apple store, there's that much training? Oh, yeah, definitely. And it is such a culture back there. I, I would love to actually go back, even though I'm making more than enough money not to do it. I would love to go back there and sit and just soak it up again. Wow, that is interesting. And you do have quite a story. Let me add, before we get on to that, what's the most recent app that you've probably downloaded? Business, professional, growth, whatever it could be. I downloaded an app called Acorn, um, and what it does is that when you go to buy something at the store, it just tacks on the rest of the cents to make it a full dollar. So say, for example, you were buying something and it was six twenty, dollars it will then add another $0.80, cents, but it takes that $0.80 cents and immediately puts it into a mutual fund. So in a way, it rounds up whatever you're buying, and you don't even see it, and that money just kind of gets... Uh, you know, ferreted away or, you know, squirreled away, right? AKA acorned. Um, and then by the end of the year, you look and you've actually built a really nice amount of money for a mutual fund. Dave, no joke, dude. I downloaded this the day of Christmas. I, was, <laughs> I, was, I swear, I was on Facebook and I was looking and it was one of those ads that popped up and I was like, oh, let me check this out. And I watched a little minute, two minute video and I thought, heck, what could this hurt? And so I put, um, I have I have a couple different accounts, obviously, for different businesses. And I attached all of them, except for the agency, I attached all of them to Acorn. And it is amazing. Like I was up to $150, like in a matter of three to four weeks, like that they had invested just off of the, like you said, I, I'd buy six something for $6.20. They take the other 80 cents and then invest it, rounding it up to the $7. I love it. I think it is so cool. I'm like addicted to it, Dave. I'm looking at it like every hour trying to see if my money went up and down or whatever. I think I've made like $3.27 or something like that, <laughs> you know? But it's it, I made money not even doing anything other than what I normally do. So how long have you had it, Dave? I uh, actually since the same time as you. They must have had a great uh, <laughs> advertisement campaign or something because I, I believe it was Christmas. I was sitting there just scrolling on Facebook. I was like, "Wow, yeah, that's pretty cool." Well, Never would have thought about that. Somehow they targeted me perfectly. They, they did, and you too. You know, and back in the day, uh, if you guys remember, Bank of America did a similar thing. They had a thing where, like, you they would round up for you and they would take your change, but and they would put it aside into a savings account, and then like at the end of the year they would match like twenty five percent of it. So it was a really cool idea back then. But um, I ended up hating Bank of America and left anyways. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> but it, it, the, the, the thing was is I thought that was interesting. And I, what hooked me was is, is uh, Travis, my partner here at the Insurance Alliance, he has a Robin Hood. And Robinhood is kind of like the same thing, but not really. It's actually where you can trade stocks and stuff, but you can only do like four a week. And, it, and you can do it for free. And it's a, it's a really interesting thing. Um, but I decided that I wanted to do this acorn and that's cool that you say that as soon as you said acorn, I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, that's my most recent app too. So that's, you're right. They had a heck of a marketing, uh, 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 campaign going on at that time. 
Well, you know, one thing to add to that, too, is is that um, this is one of my favorite things about markets is that when something stops me dead in my tracks, makes me engage with it and then immediately act upon it. I, I'm not going to lie. I actually have this little green book and I write why I write down what it was that they did. And I, I think, you know, with Acorn, they created an advertisement that fit my market. See, I I don't sit around on Facebook and think to myself, Huh, I wonder how I could put more money into my mutual fund. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like that little voice in the back of my head that says, maybe you, you should do that, Dave. You know, you remember that whole uh, tax incentive and and uh, all those all that jazz? Well, maybe you should do that. And here I am, and they had not only targeted me perfectly somehow with that advertisement, but they had also designed it so that it looked like something that would really engage with me. And the copy totally spoke to my age level and my situation. And next thing you know, here I am inserting my <laughs> financial information into it. And and uh, looking forward to seeing what uh, Acorn brings me at the end of the year. So now, now notice that what you just said, though. So number one, they've probably created millions in revenue just in the last three weeks. You know what I mean? Which is incredible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But here's what's amazing, Dave. Think about this. I even thought this to myself a couple days later. Like, I got this thing on Facebook. I saw it. I built trust with it. I immediately downloaded it. And in one of the first, second, third things I had to do was upload my checking information to it so that it could take it out of my account and I didn't even think twice about it like yeah, the trust exactly. had already been built there you know what I mean like and that's kind of scary in a way to be honest with you and I know you loyal listeners right now are listening to this going oh my gosh I can't believe you do that but really how many times do we do that anymore today to where we just we just kind of trust is an easy thing that gets thrown around now when you break it it'll collapse your business in a minute but isn't it interesting how we wouldn't have done that five or ten years ago but we didn't think twice about it now Absolutely. Really, really, really wild if you think about the trust that we've come. In our industry, um, Dave, like, you know, to pay your um, your auto bill, your auto or home insurance on what we call EFT, electronic funds transfer, where they just take it directly out of your account. Back, I would say in 08 to 2010, somewhere in there, if you offered that to a client, you said, hey, would you like, instead of us mailing you a paper bill, the insurance company will just, I used to say, bill your bank. They'll just take the money right out. Oh, no, we're not doing that. No way. I'll never give my my checking information. That's crazy. And about 2013, 2014, 2015, that changed to where now, if you don't offer that, a client would look at you and be like, are you serious? Like you really want to mail something to my uh, to my house? And I don't think, Dave, that we've realized that we took a giant leap of trust in a matter of two, three, four years. And that's really phenomenal if you think about it. It really, really is. Huge. Yeah. The, the way that online marketing is now working is, is that we are becoming more and more trusting of the technology that is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be a bad thing or a good thing. But you know, for us who are looking to either sell books, products, um, insurance, whatever – you can build you can quickly build those relationships to the point that they will trust to hand over their um, bank account information or their you know their clientele their customer mm-hmm. um, just from those interactions and that that really creates a lot of opportunities for us you darn right it does. It's just amazing. It's amazing. I was telling somebody in the mastermind yesterday, I think it was Josh Lipstone, we were talking, and he says to me, he said, uh, we were talking and I said, Josh, if I, if I took, if, I, if someone plucked me out of the year 2000, and just mm-hmm. dropped me right into the year 2017, I'd freak out. 
I would literally freak out. I would be like, what in the world is going on around here? You know, but like we just kind of just get immune to it because we slowly go through it. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's really amazing. It's like watching your kids grow up. You don't realize they're growing, but everybody else does because they're not around all the time. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, yeah, I guess you did grow four inches this summer, you know, but it's kind of hard to tell that. But anyways, Dave, let's get back to you, man. Um. Uh, tell us your story, man. Take us back, high school, toddler, college, whatever, and bring us forward to how you became the Kindle Kindlepreneur. Sure. Well, it's kind of a weird situation. Um, I've so I'm right now. I'm really well known for writing a lot of best-selling books and to doing book marketing tactics. But when I was in high school, though, my English teacher gave me back one of my my written papers, and and it was it had a D minus. And she says, "Dave, you're going to physics, right?" I said, "Yes, ma'am." She goes, "Yeah, that's probably a good idea." So <laughs> it was an immediate ob- observation that I was like, "Okay, English and writing is not in my future." Um, but then. You know, and I did. I, I became a physics major and then I became a nuclear engineer for the U.S. Navy. I did that for a couple of years, but it just wasn't, you know, there was kind of like an artistic side to me that I wasn't, you know, that wasn't being challenged and wasn't growing. And so I kind of felt out of place just being that engineer, you know, in the, in the engine room. Ugh, let me tell you, submarine life is not a fun life. So I, I imagine shifted gears and I got the military to basically train me to become a military diplomat. Uh, We call them foreign area officers and I specialized in China so they made me fluent in Mandarin Chinese which is awesome. I can't wait to use that skill one day. Wow. (laughs) Um, And then becoming and I got a master's degree in East Asia and everything was like okay great I'm going to be a China guy and they sent me to South Korea uh, (laughs) where I needed to speak Korean and it was it was quite a challenge but you know loved it I spent a lot of time out to sea on South Korean warships um, doing some really cool stuff there but here's the thing like you would say that wow that sounds really successful wow that's great you know everything's going for you but the true story was is that all that time going out to sea all that time being on the other side of the world I was away from my family I wasn't seeing my kids or my wife Um, as a matter of fact that job after that was probably the coolest job which is when I become an international arms dealer for the US government um, to a couple of key key countries Uh, and and even Forbes you know featured me um, in doing that so you would say that this was the definition of success but it wasn't to me my definition of success uh, wasn't being an admiral in the Navy it was gonna be you know being home growing up with my children missing you know not missing out on snuggles and and you know bedtime and Mm -hmm. so when I was in Korea I started to say to myself what can I do to prepare myself for what my true vision of success is otherwise I'm gonna continue down this path that's go that looks great and it's going great but it's not what I truly wanted to do so I started to learn about online marketing I just kind of tried to find every type there is and let me tell you there are thousands of ways to market and for me I became really enamored with the idea of being able to write stuff on the internet and have Google say, hey, this is awesome. Let me get it in front of people. So when I started creating these websites um, and Google was making them show up in front of a lot of people, it was a really neat opportunity. Um, But I didn't really start to hit that next level, that level that would, you know, make me a lot of money until I started to combine that with self-publishing. So I used the skills that I learned to bring people from Google to my website. I use those skills 
on a different platform, and that's Amazon, trying to convince Amazon to send people to my products, or in this case, in my book. So I think there's two really super important parts to the story here. And the first off is that, you know, you need to kind of define what success is to you, not let your job, you know, define what your success is. And then the second thing is, is that the skill sets that I learned in one industry, okay, it, it was fine, it was cool, but it became so much more when I took that same skill sets and I applied it to a different industry or a different market. Wow. And, you know, and that's that, that's really interesting. I had no idea about your physics. Uh, I, I had no idea about that. That That is absolutely amazing. And, you know, one of the things I think that you don't realize, Dave, of where um, just just total disclaimer here uh, so everybody knows, uh, Customer Service is Just Foreplay, the book that I wrote. Um, Dave was instrumental in helping me get that uh, done. After we had written it, uh, writ, wrote it and edited it and everything, it was kind of like, okay, how do we get it noticed? How do we get it? And Dave, here's the thing that's beautiful about, about you, and I don't know if you necessarily re- right, uh, realize this, you never charged me a dime. You nope. called me, and, and you probably talked to so many people, you don't remember this, because this was back in 2013, 2014, and you called me and you said, hey, I think Ryan Handley had told you, like, hey, this guy needs some help or something, and you called me and you said, hey, you know, da-da-da-da-da, I hear you're writing a book, blah-blah-blah-blah-blah, and I'm like, okay, and my first thought, Dave, was, okay, this guy's trying to get me for some money, but, you know, if he, he obviously, he's going to help me with a book, I know nothing about books, you know, so I'll go ahead, and I remember after, like, probably the second call, maybe, third call, I kind of said to you, like, Dave, like, how do you make money doing this, dude, and you're like, to be honest with you, Jason, I'm not trying to do that specifically with you, and as soon as you said that, Dave, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, right, okay, here comes another tactic, (laughs) but you told me at the time, you said, I'm just trying to learn the issues and the problems that people like you who self-publish are having so that I can figure out how to create solutions for that. And I thought that that was interesting because I'm going to be honest with you, Dave, I didn't believe you. I thought to myself, (laughs) okay, he's going to help me, but I'm going to be getting a bill here later. But no, you helped me. We, we worked a lot together. You, and, uh, we became the uh, number one in three different categories on Amazon on Amazon as a bestseller. And it, it went directly back to the things you did. And it wasn't black hat tactics. It wasn't just trying to game the system. You said, Jason, here's the things you need to do that get Amazon is looking for. And if you do these things, they're going to tell everybody about you. And uh, am I wrong in any of that thing? I mean, that's pretty much, if you remember our relationship, that's pretty much how it went. And after the book was written, I really never talked to you again other than Facebook and some Facebook messaging. No, that's that's actually that's really cool to hear from that side. And you're you're absolutely right. That's kind of the way that I look at it. It's not so much the things we do now will exponentially increase later. You know, some mm-hmm. people call it internet karma. I truly believe that if you put in the effort with people, people will grow people. Okay? The word will reverberate and people will understand that you're not there to try to nickel and dime them. At that time, actually, it was kind of interesting because I was still trying to understand what the true pain points were of my readers. You know, you could have the greatest product in the world. You could have the greatest service in the world. But the truth is, is that if you don't match that product or service with the right people, you'll never make the sales. So instead of trying to create a product and service and then try to find the people, I wanted to find the people that found my content the most interesting and then create a product or service that best fits their needs. And that starts by really getting down and talking to them. 
You know, the other day I was listening um, uh, to a speaker talk and she was like a head marketer for like Jägermeister, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she was brought in to do this whole campaign. Now, we all know Jägermeister is a pretty nasty tasting drink. You're darn right about that. It is. Nobody nobody sips Jägermeister. And so this marketer, instead of just jumping into like what they were doing, she decided to go down to the bar, like a local bar, and set up kind of this uh, deal, special deal for Jägermeister so that it would induce people to drink it more. And she just wanted to observe what they did. And you know what she found? What? She found that it was kind of like a whole – like when the guys, when the bros would come up to the counter, um, they would be like, let's get a round of Jägermeister. And somebody like, uh, uh, it's like, come on, let's do it. And they'd peer pressure each other into drinking it. That is that is the story of my friends. You're right. Wow. It was like, it was kind of like, yeah, we just drank Jägermeister. <laughs> All right. You know, crush the beer head can on their heads or something like that. <laughs> and that's when the marketer, I, again, I, I feel terrible not knowing her name, um, but that's when she realized that Jägermeister needs to know what it truly is. It is not a fine drink. As a matter of fact, their demographics is actually under 18. What? Uh, she found it. Yeah, they found out that most people are actually illegal that are drinking in their oh stuff. Oh, my goodness. But she understood that. She understood that this is not an enjoyable drink, but something they do. She understood, you know, the time periods that people choose to drink it. And she applied those three things, and their sales skyrocketed. She's an incredible marketer. It comes from understanding who your market is and having the right product for it and then combining it together in your marketing platform. Dave, can I guess got to take a second here. Um, to the loyal listeners, there's a direct correlation, and this is where I love business principles. They're the same um, no matter what industry you're in. One of the things that I used to write, I do write a little bit of it now, I used to write railroad contractors. And people say to me, well, what the heck do you know about the railroad? I know nothing about the railroad. But what I did was, is my first couple railroad contractors, I got on my jeans and I rolled up my sleeves and I would meet them out at the rail at 7 o'clock in the morning and I'd work for three or four hours. And I got to see the fact that when their tampers would jam up on the line or if they had an issue whenever a worker would be overheating because the water wagon was way up the truck rail and it's 97 degrees out it allowed me as an insurance person to say here's these people's pain points this is what their everyday looks like so whenever I was able to come to them with insurance I knew their pain points I knew the situations uh, that they were going to encounter that other industries don't and I was able to talk a language that other insurance agents weren't so just to be able to talk that language and know those pain points I could connect with that new prospect in a matter of two to three minutes which allowed me to open up my niche to more customers to writing more business and writing that niche specifically and Dave I think that goes back to what you're saying I mean specifically with me you called me you helped me out but I think you really made a lot of money off me and what I mean by that is is you learned so much you were able to help others with their pain points knowing mine that enabled it enabled your success that you have now. So um, I think you called it karma internet or, or something like that. I thought that was pretty interesting, whatever you said. Um, but uh, I just want the loyal listeners to think about that. This is the reason why we do this and we bring people like Dave on because successes flow from, from every silo to every silo, um, those basic business practices. Would you disagree or agree with that, Dave? Uh, I completely agree. And that And that's what's important. That's what's important to know. So Dave, um, what are you doing today? Like, what does Kindlepreneur do on a daily basis? Like, you wake up in the morning and you go to work. I mean, I'm on your website and you've got Amazon rankings and all this stuff on there, but what are you doing day in and day out? 
Well, actually, I don't really go to work. I walk downstairs into my office inside my home and I, I get to work from there, which is like absolute, you know, glorious. Yeah. Um, about six months ago, I was able to leave the military completely and basically reach what I defined as success, which is being home with the kids. So really happy about that outcome. But we didn't get there from, you know, nickel and diming people. Really what, what it what occurred was that over time, after working with a lot of self-publishers, you know, because Jason, you could have been an outlier, right? You could have just been this crazy, you know, uh, wild horse out there. But after having worked with, you know, 20, 30, 40 different self-publishers, we started to really figure out and, you know, bring in what the true pain point is and what we could offer. Uh, about six months ago, we actually launched our own software to help people do exactly what we talked about. And that software has been incredible because it's it's even gotten the attention of Pat Flynn, who's like a huge I'm a huge fan of his. Totally. Um, he actually reached out to me, you know, just the other day and said he loves it. So, I mean, I was like, yay. Um, but that wouldn't have happened if I didn't know how to address people's true pain points and how to, you know, offer software in an industry where people usually don't use software. Um, you know, right. the demographics generally are, are pretty are people who are a little software averse, technologically challenged. So we needed to create something that was super easy and useful. And again, it was just bringing in all those inputs, you know, that that we received when talking with somebody, when helping them through a situation and seeing where they got stuck and what they thought about. Now, you definitely weren't tech challenged, um, but I would say a majority of the people that I have worked with definitely have been. So this was insight that I think is instrumental to the success that I've had today. Dave, you've got a picture on your website here on the homepage of you with, uh, I assume, is your son. Tell us that story. What's that? What? Where'd that picture come from? <laughs> so it's a picture of me, and I've got my son strapped to my chest. At the time, he was two years old, and we're in the jungle of Sri Lanka. And for those of you who don't know, Sri Lanka is this tiny little island to the south of India. It's right on the equator, um, and actually. The movie Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was filmed in Sri Lanka. So, so put that in your mind there. Okay. And here we are, and we're at this elephant place, and you get to ride the elephants through the jungle. Um, <laughs> and my wife looks over at me, and she sees that I've got Key and my son strapped to me. She says, you're not going to ride an elephant, are you? And I'm like, yep. And she goes, how are you going to do that? And I, I sit there, and I strike <laughs> this pose with this kind of like cocky grin on my face, and I'm like, like these and my daughter uh, my older daughter snaps a picture and that that became kind of the image of kindlepreneur.com uh, for sure but the funny part was is that when we finally got on the elephant i remember sitting there thinking to myself and i think this so many times throughout my life oh my god my wife was right what what was i thinking because an elephant it, it sounds stupid to say but an elephant is really scary when you're standing next to it. It is huge. And in Sri Lanka, there's no such thing as safety. So that elephant decided it just didn't like me. It could just destroy us. And then we get on top of it. We're barebacking an elephant through oh a jungle. Gosh. And I've got my son strapped to my chest. And I'm just thinking, wow, I was quite an idiot. But <laughs> yeah. the thing is, you can't jump off an elephant. You can't just like, all right, I'm done. Get off of it. Like, you got to let that elephant decide when you're going to get off. And you can't just get off in a jungle. Oh, wow. So, we had to go through it uh, for a good hour, and by that time, I was so sore. And I, I feel as though that picture truly represents my entrepreneurial journey, okay? You know, I started with this idea of, I'm going to do it. And I had people say, um, right, but I decided to do it anyways. 
Here's the thing. It wasn't easy. I had to ride that elephant. You can't just jump off. If you jump off, you're going to fall in, into pitfalls. You're going to have issues. So I rode that elephant until finally I got to a point where it was safe and it was great. So that honestly, wow. that just represents everything that I've learned on the Internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, that is cool. Good correlation to that. Yes, yes, yes. And and so I see here that you've been seen on on Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, Pro Blogger, The Book Designer, The Huffington Post, it, it, which you know that's that stands to who you are and and but who you really are is being able to help people self publish. So I mean I know a lot of agents out here. There's I've got one in front of me. I was going to show you this day, but I forgot. It's called Twenty Four Things You Don't Know to Protect Your Assets. And it's funny because assets, the first three letters A S S are are big and Old, and it says to protect your assets, and it's got a picture of a of a mule on the front. This is like in cartoon, um, and it's by Jeff and Una Roy, which are out of Excalibur Insurance, uh, out of Canada. Very very great people. But this book is like a hundred and. 28 pages long and it goes into big time details about everything I mean from it goes to auto insurance home insurance boat insurance all kinds of stuff once again if anybody wants to look it up there I don't know if you um, whenever Jeff and uh, Una write a new policy for a client they give this book out every time if there's I know there's a ton of agents loyal listeners this is the guy you need to talk to there's people out there um, agents who want to write these books they they may be a specialty in some type of business insurance or auto insurance or you know medical malpractice whatever it could possibly be I mean where do they start Dave I mean what should they do they they, they, they have these ideas in their heads but it's like okay even if I put it on a word doc and I puked it all onto a word doc like what do I do with it what would be some direction that they could they could do Dave well let me take a step back on that one okay. and I'll get to that in a second but you know in our industry you know, take, take for example, mine. Um, when it comes to book marketing, there are hundreds of people that write about how to sell books. There are hundreds of people that write about how to write a book. It's not about being better. It's actually about being different. Difference is what truly makes someone stand out. And when you stand out, so long as you're good at what you're not, what you do, not better, but good, you will see results. And so, you know, one way to truly stand out and be different is to have a book that has that beautiful title, a bestseller next to it. Um, a great example of this was a lawyer that I worked with. I, you know, I don't know much about law, but working with him, um, we were able to create a book on basically, you know, how to deal with a DUI when you get one. And guess what he was a lawyer of? DUIs. Gotcha. And just by writing that book, he became a bestseller on the topic. And he used that book as his as this business card, you would, you know, if you met with him, if you were thinking about hiring him instead of the others, you know, 42 lawyers in Seattle, um, you know, he would give you his book and that would stand out. His conversion rates on getting clients to sign up with him like skyrocketed. And then on top of that, his connection with other lawyers outside of his state improved dramatically to the point he had a huge network. And finally, he was also signing speaking deals. Um, which got him more notoriety. I, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I, I got a feeling the guy is doing pretty good and all came from writing a book. So no matter what industry you are, think about how you can be different, how you can truly stand out, and that will make you into something more than just you know another person in your industry. Right, I met a uh, gentleman in Virginia um, young gentleman, he's like, you know, 50, 55. You got to watch our, our listeners here, Dave. And he, uh, he, um, what he does is, is he does, um, witness testimony 
um, for insurance. So a lawyer, hey, this is an insurance issue. They call him up and they say, hey, we need you to talk on the stand about like how this coverage would be or whatever. This guy charges like $3,000 an hour. I'm serious. Nice. It, it, it may be like 1500 or 2000 but I remember it was an astronomical number. And and like I really thought to myself, like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I, I sit around for four hours in a courthouse. I'm going to get eight to $10,000. And he attributed it to that book that he wrote. And then what he did is, is he personally, that's what he wanted to do when he would retire from the insurance industry. Believe me, this guy sold a huge agency. But to do it and to live it out, he just sent it around to lawyers saying, hey, I'm an expert in this field. So if it happens that way, I think that there's a lot of loyal listeners right now, Dave, that, they're, that their gears are turning. And, uh, and, 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 I, and I think that's important. So the, you're saying the key is, is to be different. And so if that person's going to be different, I mean, where do they go from there? They've got this thought that they've got this, I mean, where... What do they do? Do they reach out to someone like you? Do they find an editor? I mean, where, where do they what do they do? Now, the first thing you need to do is you need to think about what, who your target market is, right? Who is it that you're going to benefit from most? Now, in this case, that that uh, insurance agent that you just talked about, his was lawyers, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's truly who he was going to try to serve so as to get this opportunity. Um, so he wrote a book that would prove an authority aspect of him and therefore land him those clients. The same thing goes for, you know, for the uh, lawyer. He could have written something about law, but that's for law students. That doesn't help him. Instead, he wrote a book that was specific to the clients he wanted to land, which is those who just had a DUI. So you need to start by figuring out who it is you were writing for and then try to figure out what is their greatest pain point. Okay, what is it that they are like, oh, good, I need this information to be able to make that next step. If you are able to identify that market and write for that market, you will attract that market, okay? That will be your calling card. That will be your opportunity generator. Um, It will make you stand out uh, way more than like anybody else in your industry. You can immediately put the kibosh on anybody who's trying to say, you know, that they're one of the best and such and such. Oh, really? You're the best? Tell me, do you have a best-selling book on the subject? No. <laughs> exactly. Okay, yep. good luck. Sit down. You know, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it, it's it's an incredible multiplier. It's a great way to truly be different and differentiate yourself. And I think in this world, we're, we're, we're taught that, especially for the last five, 10 years in the insurance industry about separating yourself. And I think that is a definite way. You know, I say the old, this is one thing I've said before. I haven't said this in a while. I don't know if I've ever said this to loyal listeners, but we, we, we used to do this, Dave, back as, as, uh, as professionals, whether it was law, CPA, or insurance. Like back in the, let's say, 70s, 80s, and maybe even 90s you, in our town, we had that one um, CPA who would always do that. That uh, article in the newspaper every Sunday morning in the featured section. It was something like that, you know. And so they would write this article about taxes or whatever it could be, and they would put it out there, and and they would probably pay for that space like they would an ad, but they would write that, and you could count on that being in there every um, week. And what it did was is it built that person into an expert. Kind of exactly what we're talking about here with the book. But like when you would listen to this CPA or you would listen to him, it was kind of like, yeah, I think you guys both know your stuff, but like I know this guy knows his stuff because he's out there spreading it for free every day. And I think that now that the newspapers have kind of went away, we've kind of lost that art. And I think we can kind of use that in our blogging. But I think that this is another way for us to be able to say this. And I look at this one here, 24 things you need to know to protect 
your assets. I mean, if somebody hands you this, you're going to be like, holy cow, these people wrote a book on insurance to make my life better. Now, whether or not I'm going to read it or not, I don't. I think that that's important, but it's more of the authority that they now have in my head because they've done that where others haven't. I think that's the key. Yeah, and you know, to build off of that assets one, which it's funny, I, I, I'm trying not to stress the the first part of the word, okay. um, is that when they they basically have created a pre qualifier, okay. People who read that article and then connect with them or, or purchase the book, or they kind of know what they're going to get. You, you have a reading style. They have a sense of humor, you know, because yep. they did what they did. Um, and they have proven authority. They've proven their ability to truly talk uh, coherently about the subject and provide benefits to the reader. That is a great stepping stool to the next level. Um, so, again, just to kind of to kind of bring it all back home, you know, this is about differentiation. Going back to the lawyer, there was, I think, 36 lawyers or something like that that this guy was competing with. And if you are the target market, a.k.a., whoops, I got a DUI, you're looking at 36 different lawyers. And all you're seeing is, okay, what university did they graduate? You know, Yale, Harvard, you know, Duke, Princeton, like like all these really nice. Okay, well, I, I guess they're all the same. Then the next thing you're looking at is the money. And then you're kind of like, well, you know, if I pay more, then there's probably a better chance I'll get off. If You know, like, eh, I don't know what to do. But then there's just the one guy, the one guy that has best-selling author, you know, on the subject. The one guy who gives you a free book, you know, to give you that understanding of, oh, my God, what's, what's going to happen in my life now that I've got this, what to expect. And he has that first opportunity to truly provide a benefit to that individual who do you think is going to land that multi-thousand dollar contract? Absolutely. 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 And Dave, I got to tell you, just as I said with the railroad uh, example, I have beat out other agents who, I mean, seriously, agents who were on that account for 15 to 20 years. And here I came, been in the business three to four years, and I was taking these accounts. All had to do with the fact that I, I figured out what their pain point was. You know what I mean? I was able to Bingo. quote unquote, I was able to quote unquote, write a book based off the experiences they were giving me to be able to say, here's what I know. And I say, not really writing a book, but you know, putting a book in their head of this guy's the expert. So Dave, um, uh, is there anything else that you, that you specifically, well, before we do think about if there's anything you want to wrap up, I want to ask you the last question. And ironically, this is a question I ask everybody. Um, and it seems kind of silly to ask you, but, uh, readers are leaders and leaders are readers. What's the most recent book that you've actually read that you'd probably want to let the readers maybe know about whether it's personal business, fun, whatever it could be. Sure. Well, um, so just to go back to one point and then answer that question. Okay. Um, yeah. my last my last statement on it is, is that one of the most valuable things that Apple taught me, you remember we talked about that one month of training before I could actually go out there. Mm -hmm. The thing they kept beating into my head was you don't go out there and you talk about a product. You ask questions. You continue to ask and find out more about the customer so that when you do respond to provide your, uh, your answer, you use their words. Okay, like for example, this computer is faster than that computer. That doesn't mean anything, you know, to the you know seventy-year-old grandma who just came in. All she wants to do is be able to use Skype to see her grandchildren and you know better, right? Because it's right. all fuzzy or it keeps you know. Well, then what I can say is instead of saying, well, this computer's faster, that's why it's more expensive, I can say, look, this computer will do much better in helping you see your grandchildren crystal clear. 
what do you think's a better way of saying it, right? Mm -hmm. And all of that stemmed off of the first 10 or 15 minutes of just asking questions to find out what this person truly wants. Gotcha. They, they don't want a faster computer. They want a better experience with their grandchildren. Provide that. Uh, to wow. go to your Powerful. book recommendation, well, I'm going to give you a book that I'm not too jazzed about. How about that? Okay. You ever had somebody <laughs> give a negative? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Go ahead, Dave. That I, I may be you. crucified on this, but um, I just read The Ten Times Rule by Grant Cardone. Okay. Okay. And he is um, – I did it to kind of challenge myself because he's not my kind of, of speaker. He's not my kind of teacher. Grant Cardone is kind of the whole push and push and keep going and, and get that sale. You know, if, if, if everybody's doing one, then you 10 times it and you go 10 times hardcore. To me, uh, you know, it gets to a point where if you do that, you start to lose a little bit of your identity. You start to kind of come off as salesy. Um, it was a very hard push type book. Now, the reason why there was some benefit to it is sometimes we as marketers or as people who have a service or product, we actually limit ourselves. We either get scared about the ask or going for the close or going to get people to sign on the dotted line. And we need to kind of remind ourselves that, look, if our product is great, then we're helping and we're moving forward. And that's the only message that I'd take from that book. So if you're thinking about reading it, just take what I just said right there, save yourself some time and move forward on it. Wow, good, I like that. And you are right, you are the first, because you are different, to actually <laughs> give the negative review, which is awesome because it, uh, um, I think somewhere when you said it, I've seen that book somewhere. I'm, th I'm starting to think that if Facebook's giving you and I the same newsfeed. That's what uh -oh. I'm starting to think, Dave. And I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Now, you don't have to, and I understand why, but I do. So that's the way it is. Dave, I appreciate your time. One thing I should have opened up with, which I think is great, if you guys go to the About What We Do on his website, um, sometimes we think of a way to introduce ourselves to people who don't know us. And I think, Dave, you do it fantastic. Here's how Dave introduces himself to somebody, and I think this is one sentence. Hey guys, I'm Dave, and when I'm not sipping tea with princesses pr princesses, or chasing the boogeyman out of the closets, I'm a kindlepreneur and digital marketing nut. It's my career, hobby, and passion. I love that, man. Short, <laughs> simple, and to the point, and it shows that really, I think our careers encapsulate our lives, but I think we also sometimes forget that we only do this 7, 8, 9, 10 hours a day. And the, there's 24 hours a day, which means the majority of our time is actually being um, a good friend or a family man. That's really what we do. Or a family person, excuse me, for all you women loyal listeners, my fault. Um, I, I just think that that's important. And I think it uh, encapsulates what you do by what you said there. So, Dave, I appreciate you coming on uh, the podcast. I think this has been very enjoyable. If someone wants to reach out to you, Dave, how, how, would, they, how would they find you? Uh, what, what they could, how could they get a hold of you? Sure. If you go to my website, kindlepreneur.com, uh, there's a link at the top in the navigation bar where you can click called Contact Me. And to this day, even with 100,000 readers per month, I still spend probably the first four hours of my morning answering emails. Uh, if you have any questions you're, you know, on how to get started or what you're thinking about, you know, let me know. I don't have um, an invested interest, but I'd be more than happy to help um, get you going if you're thinking about writing your book. Over 100,000 visits and readers a month to his website is what he said. So this just isn't no, no guy off the street. That's why I only bring you the best. Dave, 
I appreciate your time very much. You've you've been a big help, regardless. I know you're about books and we're about insurance, but the uh, the similarities and the business principles stay the same as we've as we've uh, shown and talked about. And I really do appreciate your time, Dave. Hey, and again, thank you so much for having me. And it was great working with you. What was that like a year and a half ago, two yeah, years ago? I, I, so the book came out in full summer circle. of 2015. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it has been. Hey, so anyways, once again, as you know, this has been Agents Influence Podcast with Jason Cass. Our guest today was Dave Chesson. Uh, just tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast, and we are out.